Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Tuesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, we welcome you back. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher here on a Friday, of course, college football. We're going to talk to Drew Butler. Good dude. We were just talking to him off the air. Former Georgia NFL punter, the Steelers, Cardinals. Punt and Pass is the podcast. You can find Drew for everything at Drew Butler. On Twitter, first off, what's up, Drew? Thanks for joining us, Atlanta-based. But we were discussing a little bit during the break, you know, your familiarity with Vegas. Now, you know the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. He's sitting at Circa Sports right now, and you oh, have yeah. a little bit of a relationship with Circa Sports because you and your boys get down with Circa Millions. Yeah, absolutely. This will be our fourth season entering into Circa Millions. And actually, last summer I was out in Vegas for a conference. Uh, and Dustin hit me up and I got to come jump in studio with Mitch and Polly previewed the SEC win totals a year ago. So, you know, the sports book at Circa, everybody talks about it. If you haven't been, it's simply the best. And in Labor Day weekend, I mean, there would be no better place in the country to be uh, than right behind Dustin right there this weekend. Well, Drew, we can... Dustin, we, Dustin, just to interrupt you really quickly, we should talk about the experience. Like, I think my first experience, Drew and Dustin, of like that eye-opening, oh my gosh, experience is walking into Tiger Stadium as a kid. I know it sounds weird, but when you're a kid and you go to your first Major League Baseball game, it's like one of those awe-inspiring things. I would say as an adult... And as yeah. a dude that's bet, been betting since I'm a kid, that experience is when you walk into Circa and Dustin, it's right behind you. So you can speak on this and you just kind of see that wall of televisions all in HD. It's just wild. Yeah, You don't have to tell me it's right behind me. I have to be careful when we're in this studio because people can see what I'm looking at on my phone. And as we all know, I look at some questionable things on my phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like the first moment you walked out into a baseball stadium, you came through the tunnel and you saw the grass for the first time. You're like, that's the greenest grass I've ever seen. That that's how I feel when I look at the screens here at Circa. As, as crazy as that sounds, it's 100% true. Um, so I got to get back out there soon, maybe in December. Uh, first week of December, Coach Mark Rick, my coach at Georgia, is getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. So hopefully I can make my way out there to go support him. No, that's beautiful. And a great shot from Wyatt and the producers of Circa and the sports book there. And Mark Rick, it, you know, it's almost like what Kirby's done 
and he's attempting something that's wild, which is a three-peat in college football. And by the way, Drew, you know this, over at DraftKings, they're plus 220 to win a national championship. Not plus 220, 230 to make the playoff. Plus 220 to win a championship, which is wild. Rick Rick did a great job for a long time and had a bunch of great players, including yourself, come through the program. But what Kirby's done, and I've always said you could kind of put a fence up around the state of Georgia and win a championship, and... What he's done is just fantastic and fascinating. Yeah, it really is. You know, Coach Rick had tons of success. His first season was 2002. Uh, There's a couple years in there where Georgia probably had a great argument to make it to the BCS National Championship game. 2007 being one of those years. That was my freshman year. Um, Coach Rick had so much success. It's why he's getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. And I wouldn't even say a sleeping giant was awoken. It was just 15 years. You know, like that time had come to where it was time for Georgia maybe to look in a different direction. And the timing was great in the sense that everybody knew Kirby Smart's next move as the defensive coordinator at Alabama, winning all those national championships was to go be a head coach. And that was the year Steve Spurrier had stepped down mid season at South Carolina and South Carolina was circling the waters. And the rumors were he was going to go Kirby Smart to South Carolina. So Georgia's back was kind of up against the wall to say, If we're going to make a decision, we need to do it now and go get our guy, an alumni, a former football player whose wife also played sports, a basketball player at Georgia in Kirby Smart. They got Coach Smart. Obviously, everybody knows now he's a relentless recruiter. He puts great coaches around him to develop that top tier talent, almost won a national championship in his second year and now going for a three-peat heading into his eighth season. So uh, the things are humming in Athens right now. The facilities are incredible. The buy-in from the top-down president, athletic director, everybody at the school. Um, and then when you look at the schedule, Patrick and Dustin, I mean, it's like, what more could you ask for heading into this season? Yeah, and yep. the roster, right? The unknown is the most important thing, but they lost a lot to the NFL on defense, but the defense, as long as Kirby's in charge, is always going to be elite. He just gets studs everywhere. Offense, not only do you return Bowers, but you also add the top receiver from Mizzou, the top receiver from Miss State. The question is Carson Beck. What yep. do you know about Carson Beck? Can he be a guy who makes big plays, or will he just be a game manager who gets the ball to his playmakers? Like, What do you expect out of the kid this year? I think the one thing that most everybody knows is that the coaches and the team around him thinks he's ready. Uh, He made a lot of news a year ago when on a podcast, he said, when I was thrown into action in 2020, I wasn't ready. I thought I was. I wasn't. I made mistakes. I got benched. Stetson Bennett then moved in front of him. And the rest is history. Now, Carson stuck around. He he was highly recruited out of the Jacksonville area. And for the first time in Kirby Smart's eight years as a coach at Georgia, he named the starting quarterback two and a half weeks before the season. That's never happened. Uh, The podcast that I do, Punt and Pass, with Jake Fromm, you remember Jake took Georgia, won an SEC championship, won a Rose Bowl, lost the national championship in overtime, and the next season, Justin Fields was still behind him, and Kirby Smart didn't name Jake Fromm the starter heading into week one. So the coaches have come out and the players have come out and said, Carson's ready, we trust him, he's the guy, this is his time. And when you look at the embarrassment of riches around him from a talent perspective, yeah, Georgia got banged up a little bit at running back, but there's an absolute stable. Five stars behind Carson. The offensive line is one of the best in the country. That wide receiver room that you mentioned, Dustin, they picked up a lot of pieces in the transfer portal. Still so many talented guys there from a year ago. And you have 
a top three player in college football and Brock Bowers there as well, who's extremely versatile. So Carson's going to have a great opportunity to ease his way into the season. UT Martin this weekend, Ball State next weekend, South Carolina at home in week three, and then UAB in week four. That's four home games in a row to start the season. So if you're Carson Beck, uh, it really sets up well for you. Essentially, and we're talking to Drew Butler, we're going to hang out for a couple segments. Thrilled to have Drew, former Georgia great, of course, NFL punter here on Sharp Money. So what you're saying is the season starts November 18th at Tennessee, correct? Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. Look at the schedule. I don't, you don't need to blush or be embarrassed by it, but my goodness, they're going to be a 30-point yeah. favorite all the way up and down that schedule until Tennessee. Yeah, I know we'll talk about it probably next segment, but your Gamecocks, Patrick, what are they going to look like? You got a big game this weekend yep. against North Carolina. They're coming into Athens. A lot of excitement the way they finished last year. feels like Spencer Rattler's been in school for 100 years. Uh, but watch out. I think the Kentucky <laughs> game, the reason I say that is because Kentucky's schedule is extremely easy as well. They'll most likely be undefeated. Devin Leary, the transfer state, this is a guy who had Heisman hopes preseason a year ago. Um, they'll be undefeated coming into Athens as well. Uh, so that will be a, a highly touted game. But with Georgia, if you look at their team win total, 11 and a half, if they go undefeated this year in the regular season, 12 and 0, that's a winning streak that dates back to the Orange Bowl against Michigan. That's a 29 game winning streak. Uh, that's unprecedented. That, that's a talking point that's going to continue to build up throughout the season. I'm not saying it can't be done, but the odds with the games that they continue to win will be heavily against them to keep that winning streak going just based on sheer numbers. And they're trying to go for a three-peat, right? Like, no one's done it since Minnesota in the 30s. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask you about last night because based on what we saw from the Gators last night, I have to imagine Woof. you may not be going to Jacksonville on October 28th. It may not be worth your time. Like, the East is so weak and Florida being down just – as a bulldog, how'd that make you feel watching that last night? You know, it's it's unfortunate. I watched the uh, Netflix documentary, uh, Swamp Kings, which yeah. everybody has an opinion about. It's it's titled Untold, but all they told us was the things that we already knew. <laughs> um, and I played against those teams. Man, those were some true dogs at Florida. Tebow, Percy Harvin, Brandon James, the return guy, Chris Rainey, um, Major Wright, Ahmad Black, the Pouncey Twins. They had so much talent. Mm. They were so good. Things have changed drastically, and what was probably most upsetting, I heard you guys talking about it when the show started today, how unprepared Florida seemed. Uh, the penalties that just killed them in situational football. Two number threes on, on a punt return, which kept or punt which kept the defense. It, it was just so bad, and, and I remember there was a documentary of Georgia. Uh, they were playing Georgia Tech, and one of the Tech players came off the sideline and said, yeah, they were talking smack, but the guy from Georgia looked at me and said, y'all are so unprepared. Like, that cuts deep, man. And, and that's what it seemed like with Florida last night, and that goes right to coaching. You can't have that week one. That was a bad look for Billy Napier and the Gators. And conversely, Drew, Whittingham, who's been there forever, you know, two straight Pac-12 titles, going for a three-peat, his team with the, the tight end missing, the quarterback missing, two backups, that defense is legit. Utah's a really good team. Like that's what's being overlooked in the conversation about that game last night. Florida's not that good. Utah's very good. I get the Pac-12, right. SEC, you know, conference com competition, but Utah is very good. And I thought no Cam Rising was a little bit overblown because it's the first game of the season. Utah has had weeks and weeks to prepare for not having Cam Rising, and that obviously showed up big time last night. So uh, I was on the Utes last night. That that ended up pretty well to start the season.
By the way, Utah, plus 450 to win the Pac-12, which is going to be an insane league this year. I'm Steve? high on Washington. I'm yeah, always a down. Good, a lot of good QBs in the Pac-12. I'm down on Lincoln Riley because everyone else is just up and I just have to be different. Where do you stand on some of these Pac-12 teams in about 45 seconds? You know, I like Oregon. Bo Nix going into his sixth season. Dan Lanning heading into his second season at Oregon. The schedule sets up pretty favorably for them as well. And, and you got to lean towards defense. You just mentioned the questions around Lincoln Riley are the lack of defense at USC. And it showed up again last week against San Jose State. So if I had to pick, you know, one duck, go with Oregon there. Sure. Drew Butler. This dude's a natural. Oh, he's Dustin, awesome. you told me he was going to be great. You can check out the podcast, Punt and Pass Podcast with former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. Of course, a Ray Guy winner in 09, the Steelers, the Cardinals. And you can find Drew on Twitter at Drew Butler. Low-key likes to get down as well. He's got four games it's on the map. It's not even low-key anymore. It's, yeah, it's, it's not even low-key. It's high-key. But he's allowed. It's legal. <laughs> TCU, Colorado, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte, by the way, two really good offenses, suspect defenses. We'll discuss LSU, Florida State, Clemson, Duke. We're coming back with Drew Butler, the big guy sitting at the big desk, Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Okay, more with Drew in just a bit. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Cards always trips me up. Can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app downloads, plus 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank slash VEASAN. That's g.bank slash VEASAN. We got you back here. Sharp Money, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher on a Friday. That was fun last night. Like week zero was legit, but for some reason last night, a Thursday night felt like a proper kickoff to the college football season. You got football tonight. You've got football tomorrow, Sunday into Monday. And of course, we're talking Andy Staples in just about 15 minutes, or I should say closer to 30. But right now, Drew Butler, who's awesome, former Georgia NFL punter. You can check out the podcast, Punt and Pass Podcast with former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. And you guys were discussing this one. I don't have an opinion, but you two both do. So let's do it. West Virginia tomorrow, Penn State at state, 20 and a half's the number. Drew, we'll start with you. 48 and a half, 49 on the total. Yeah, I think this is a tough spot for West Virginia. I mean, I get it. Their backs are up against the wall. Neil Brown, certainly an approve it type year. But this is James Franklin's most talented team uh, in College Park, no doubt about it. I mean, I would think Penn State has some serious value if you're looking for them to come out of the Big Ten and actually win the conference. I mean, I know the East is very, very talented, but it all starts with quarterback Drew Aller. Uh, and at home, at night, tons of juice, 20 and a half is a key number. If it gets up to 21, I think that's where it gets tricky. But West Virginia, in their last four road openers, 0-4 straight up, 1-3 and against the spread. This is the first meeting between these two teams since 1992. I'll lay it here with Penn State. I think it could get ugly, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I actually agree with Drew here. I think that Manny Diaz is not a head coach. What he is is a pretty good coordinator, and that defense is awesome for Penn State. I mean, last year, West Virginia, they faced two top 27 defenses, Iowa State and Texas. They were outscored 69 to 34 in those two games, didn't score 20 points in either. I am very happy to lay 20 and a half here. But where do you stand on Franklin as a head coach? Patrick does not like him, Drew. I think well, he's a I mean, he tries to coach. fight the student. He literally tries to fight the student body. If you dig a little bit into what happened at Vandy in Nashville, the guy's kind of shady. Um, <laughs> I guess I have to give him credit. He recruits his butt off. But what do you think about him, Drew, just overall as a coach? I mean, you guys are asking the wrong guy. You mentioned that Nashville incident. Uh, that was a game that yeah. I played in. That was 2011, Ooh. Vanderbilt, Georgia. Uh, they blocked a punt really late in the game. They had two shots at the end zone. This is Jordan Rogers, who's now mm -hmm. on SEC Network. We yep. get out of the game. We escape it. Todd Grantham, our defensive coordinator, and James Franklin almost throw hands at midfield after the game. The players had to break it up. Look, he's a feisty guy. And what he did at Vanderbilt, uh, you cannot argue that that was a remarkable coaching job. I'm kind of surprised he's still at Penn State. But he's got a certain formula. Uh, I think horses for courses in, in the case for, for James Franklin. But, look, he's got a super talented team this year and a great quarterback leading the helm. I mean, 100%. Grantham's probably got like 15 years on Franklin, but I'd still lay 200 on Grantham to win that fight. <laughs> yeah, dude, Grantham has a mean streak for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Lay two bucks. Yeah, to be fair, what Drew said is so apt. Like what Franklin did at Vandy is wild. That program has been in the SEC forever, and he he had major success there. And there were whispers that he would leave for USC, stay yeah. at Penn State. 
Um, let's talk about two talented teams. We just had Danny Cannell on, of course, Florida State. He's got Florida State winning straight up. I don't. It's not a stretch. I mean, the number right now, Drew, we'll start with you. LSU at DraftKings is two and a half against Florida State. Tallahassee got crushed by the hurricane, but you would assume the kids have had plenty of time emotionally kind of to recover as they take on LSU here. Yeah, I think early in the week with that weather coming through was pretty key for their preparation. I don't think about that much of an effect. The excitement for both of these fan bases is unlike anything that they've had in recent years. I'm really looking for what this number is going to be before kickoff. Does it get to three? If it does, I'm all over Florida State. And for these week one matchups, I look to two spots, head coach and quarterback. Head coach, Brian Kelly versus Mike Norvell. You know, I probably lean towards Brian Kelly. Now, I know Danny Cannell says Norvell's a great game planner. Uh, He's going to have these guys dialed up. And then you look at quarterback, Jaden Daniels versus Jordan Travis. And quite frankly, I like Jordan Travis better. So I'm leaning towards Florida State in this game. I think it comes down to the wire once again. And when Norvell and Brian Kelly play each other, man, it comes down to the wire. It did last year. It did when Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame in their last matchup against Florida State. Uh, I'm with Danny Cannell. I think Florida State's going to win this game in Orlando. Look for Jordan Travis to get off to a fast start. And Florida State's going to put themselves in a really good position fighting through that ACC. Uh, another game, Drew, that I know you have an opinion on. It's another short number under a field goal. Another neutral site, SEC versus ACC. Also, South Carolina, North Carolina in Charlotte. Interesting matchup, obviously with with Beamer and the hype and Spencer Rattler and the kind of the tough way they play. And on the other side, you have Drake May and that wide open UNC offense that runs up and down the field, but they can't stop anyone. How do you feel about this matchup between South Carolina and North Carolina? And also. Do you think we really need two Carolinas? (laughs) (laughs) We certainly do need two Carolinas. If you know anything about North and South Carolina, vastly different places. There's no question about it. Another great quarterback matchup, Drake May and Spencer Rattler. I think the questions here are, one, can UNC find any sort of defense? And can, two, South Carolina bring that momentum that they ended last season with into 2023? I think this game ultimately turns into a shootout. And if it does... I think UNC's got enough firepower to continue putting points on the board. I hate to say it, Patrick. I'm sorry, but I'm going to lay the short number here. I'll lay the two and a half. Again, if it gets to three, that's certainly interesting. This should be a game with a lot of fireworks on Saturday to night. To- to- I totally, I, I'm not offended, and you nailed it. I know that looks imposing when you see a number of 64, but if you like offense and quarterback play at a high level, this game on Saturday night is appointment television. I, I think the difference for me, I think South Carolina is a little better defensively and Beamer ball special teams. I think they yeah. could pop one on special teams. I think there's a good prop out there as far as May. May's a good runner. Thought of as more like we compare May to Caleb Williams and he thought of as more of like a traditional pocket passer, but he can run, go over a half a touchdown on the ground for May. I do like that. Look, I, this game scares me, to be honest with you, as a South Carolina alum. I like the over, but I can't, Look, neutral at Charlotte. I, I'm not. It's not disrespectful to lay the two and a half. Big guy, where are you on this one? So real quick, this is a trend I found. Short favorites under a touchdown. Power five schools facing off in a neutral site. The short favorite is 13 and three straight up, 12 and four in this spot. So that would wow. lean towards North Carolina. I went into my handicap thinking I was going to take the points in South Carolina, but I agree with Drew. If this thing gets up there and gets around or above that 64 point total, it benefits North Carolina, who's just used to playing in those types of track meets. I, I, 
I'm going to whisper it, but I like North Carolina in this matchup. <laughs> so Spencer let's Rattler, you know, he's just been so inconsistent as well. So, so which Spencer Rattler are you going to get? And, and they they did nothing for the offensive line. He was running for yeah. his life last year. They lost their best running back to USC. They do have some good wide receivers. Anywho, I'll move on. I'm already bitter. Okay, uh, Clemson-Duke. <laughs> I know, Drew, you have a play here. I'm not laying it with Clemson. This Duke team's very I, good with a head coach that's super promising. You've got 13 with Clemson laying it on the road. Yeah, I think this is too big of a number for a conference home dog Agreed. in week one. Uh, Monday night, look, Wade Wallace Stadium. Wallace Wade Stadium, whatever it is in Durham, 40,000 total seating in there. It's just going to be a different environment. And and I know that there is a lot of expectations for Garrett Riley coming over as a new offensive coordinator from TCU with Kay Klubnick. Klubnick obviously did not look good in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee a year ago, but don't overlook Will Shipley, the running back at Clemson. Highly talented. I think this offense will be balanced. Mike Elko heading into his second season at Duke, 10 returning starters on offense led by quarterback Riley Leonard. I like that matchup. I think Duke keeps this one slow. I think they keep this one low scoring, uh, and I'll definitely take 13 and a half with the Blue Devils at home. Big guy, real quick. Mm. I know this sounds crazy, but I think Riley Leonard could be better than Klubnik. Like, the, the conversation is constantly around Klubnik, the Clemson quarterback, but I think Leonard could be legit. I love this Duke team. I think they're well coached. My only fear for Duke is that Mike Elko leaves for a better job because it seems like he's the perfect fit for them, what they want to do. Real quick, less than 60 seconds, Drew. We didn't even ask. Is the three-peat happening with the Bulldogs? I mean, look, uh, you look at that schedule. You look at the talent. um, You got to say yes. And I would be not worried. Uh, But I think the demise of Alabama has been greatly exaggerated. I think Alabama is going to be just fine this year. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about Tommy Reese. Nick Saban doesn't just go make hires willy-nilly, okay? He he has a formula. It's worked in the past. I know it sounds like Jalen Milrow is going to be the guy on Saturday, but I think Alabama and Georgia are back in the SEC championship. I think both those teams can make the playoff. I like Georgia to go for the three-peat. Drew Butler, that was incredible. We'll talk to you during the season. Did a great job. Former Georgia NFL punter at Drew Butler on Twitter. Also, make sure you check out the podcast, Punt and Pass Podcast with former Georgia quarterback and Drew. That's Jake Fromm. Drew, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. He was tremendous. Big guy, when we return, I know you're all over Akron Temple. Yeah, I said it. Let's get weird. Staples joining. (laughs) Let's get weird. Sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide is out now. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide will have picks from every on air host, team specific preseason analysis, how to use the VSIN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of the three P's, I call them picks, predictions, and previews. Now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for as low as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Just sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. They can bet smarter all year long. You know what so happened there, right? About that. You know what happened, What's right? That? I started What's celebrating because I had my own little flair to it and I didn't stumble. And as soon as my brain, I went, oh, I nailed this read. I messed up the read. If there's a person on the planet that always gets ahead of himself, 
It's the big guy. My entire, yeah, my entire life is every time there's success, I'm like the players that drop the ball before the end zone on a pick six or a kick return. Three yards before the end zone, I drop it, and it goes for a touchback. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. He's Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin Sweetelson's father went to the University of Miami. Here the comes the Red Hawks. Miami of Ohio tonight. Now, these are two good defenses, so it's baked into the number. A lot of good experience coming back from Miami. I don't know if Miami's all that good defensively. I'll just say they're a defense that has experience coming back. Now, Miami, Chuck Martin's been there forever. This is his 10th season, and they were awful offensively last year, but that was without Gabbert, their quarterback for most of the season. I'm digging through season, uh, excuse me, team totals here. I found a 13 and a half on Miami of Ohio. I'll go over there. You've got to play on the side here. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting one. You mentioned Gabbert. He got hurt, only played four games, but they love him. He was the Mac freshman of the year after playing four games, so he's got to be pretty good. They brought in a couple transfers at receiver. They returned three offensive linemen. The defense uh, led the Mac in scoring defense, 22.6 a game, 34th in all of FBS in scoring defense. I mean, they're really good. They brought in some nice pieces. And on the other side, it's an interesting spot for Miami because it could be a potential look-ahead spot. I know it's week one, but uh, the Hurricanes of Florida take on Texas A&M next week. So don't yep. know what we're going to see from them. Also, Miami of Florida is mixing in a new offense. Shannon Dawson is the new OC, going to bring more of an air raid flair to this system. I think it's going to take them a little bit, a few quarters to get acclimated and get a groove going. Also, Tyler Van Dyke is dealing with a finger issue, or I guess it's a thumb issue. Is a finger a thumb? That's a question for another day, I guess. Uh, I like taking the points in Miami of Ohio. I'm also thinking about taking Miami of Ohio plus seven and a half in the first half at even money right now. I just think there's a lot working against the Hurricanes. And I also don't think the Hurricanes have very special skill guys. It's very weird that a program that is based in the area of the country where the rest of the nation goes to get their running backs and receivers has yet to have really good skill guys over the last, like, I don't know, seven or eight years. It's been brutal. I think Miami Ohio is going to hang around. I think they're going to cover the 16, thinking about the first half bet as well. Season prediction, season prediction for Miami. Not worth watching once late October comes around. Okay. We've got Staples in about 12 minutes. We've got Sprites are at the top of the hour. So let's get through as many games as we can. I know we've got some weird ones on the list. Not weird. No, oh, I got we were weird. talking offense. Washington potentially could have the best offense. If they stay healthy, specifically Michael Penix Jr. could have the best. I mean, the wide receivers are ridiculous. This offense is freaking nuts. The coach is great. They're hosting Boise. Now, DraftKings open 14 and a half on Boise. Excuse me, Washington with Boise catching. It's down to 14. What do you got? Well, this is a big one for the Huskies and their aspirations, right? We know the Pac-12 is going to be really tough. And I think the, the Huskies stack up with anyone still 40 to one to win a national title. They will be in pocket for me here before the weekend is over to win the whole thing, because I just think the offense is that dynamic. I know they lost their running back for the season in Cam Davis, but they throw the ball. That's what they do. Top passing attack in the country last year. Michael Penix was the number one rated passer in college football, 4,000 yards, uh, 369 yards per game, 38.7 points per game a year ago. Adunze and McMillan are back at receiver. The O-line was second in the country in sacks allowed. They returned both of their offensive tackles. And I think because the aspirations are so high, there will be no messing around with Boise State in week one. And if the Huskies start reeling off points, 
I don't believe Boise State is capable of going shot for shot with them. They just do not have the thoroughbreds that Washington is throwing out there on offense. If this is a high-scoring game and Washington's chucking it around, Boise State's in trouble. I actually like the under here, 58.5. I think Washington potentially shuts down this Boise State run game and gets so far ahead they could potentially pull Michael Penix Jr. and the under comes through. I think there's and Boise State's going to try to run the ball, so I think they're going to eat clock. I like the under 58.5. You want to go Akron Temple? I've got nothing on Akron Temple. So you do. No one does. I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole. I just started looking because I was on my second-year head coach thing, and Joe Moorhead's a weird guy. Like We remember him when he was the OC at Penn State. He was the head coach for a brief time at Miss State. I believe he got his start at Fordham. In, in the Bronx playing college football, which is a very weird place to be. Uh, but this team got better as the season went on last year. They still weren't good, but neither is Temple, and that's kind of part of my handicap here. Akron brought in a lot of veteran transfers. They lost five games a year ago by one score, and they have a decent passing attack. They don't really have much of a rushing attack. And on the other side uh, for, for Temple, they've got Kurt Warner's son, EJ. EJ comes back after throwing for 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, and 12 picks. Overall, the ultimate handicap I can say about this one, there's a lot of details we could go over, but it's just a matter of the fact that I think both teams are not all that good, and I don't think 10 points separates them enough. I think Akron is good enough to cover 10, 10 and a hook, depending on where you're shopping around for for a price. Okay. You want to go over some of those trends for second-year head coaches? Yeah. We can Let's do, do it because that's something that you were laying out for me. I like this. Yeah. So I went back and looked how the second year coaches did a year ago in week one. I didn't include week zero, but basically we had Arizona, Jed Fish, Arkansas State, Butch Jones, Harson at Auburn, who really hurts a lot of this research because he was awful. Boise State and Avalos, Buffalo and Lindquist, Bielema. Leopold, Terry Bowden, Huffett Marshall, Albin, Womack. There's like, what, 12, 13 guys here. Anyway, second-year head coaches. Really interesting stuff with win totals. The average increase in wins from year one to year two was 2.7. And if you were a non-Power power Five school, it increased 2.78. Uh, in their week one games, they went 13 and four straight up. A lot of them were big spreads, but... They covered second year head coaches combined last year in week one to go 14 and three ATS in their openers. Second year mm. head coach favorites were 10 and one ATS. Um, only ones who failed to cover as a favorite was Brian Harson and Auburn. But that was obviously an absolute mess. The underdogs went four and two ATS in week one for the second year head coaches. And then two of the list won outright. And that was Ohio, who's catching five and a half, and Arizona plus six. And Arizona was a road underdog. Another one who covered the only other team to cover as a road underdog was Buffalo. All right. There it is. All right, big guy. So that's where we stand. We got Staples coming up next, correct? Yep. Andrew Staples, former Florida Gator. Mm, Can't say great. He existed on the team, though. Did you have a? Are you going to tell me on Stanford Hawaii on the over, and then again tomorrow I've got Coastal plus fourteen, and then tonight fire up chips. I'll take them plus the fourteen against Michigan State. I'm going to get in on Central Michigan hundred percent. I like your play on the over in Hawaii Stanford because it goes against the grain. I don't like groupthink. I don't like jumping on when everyone else does. So when I see everyone going for one thing, I'm more than happy to do the opposite. Try to be a little unique, a little different. <laughs> as you always are. Um, 
also the quarterbacks that have transferred. I know you've got a list there. Yeah. We did see it with Mertz last night. Although Canell was high on him. Yeah, I don't know if what happened last night was Mertz's fault. He wasn't special, but I don't think anyone's expecting special from him at this point anymore. Just can he be serviceable, right? And a lot he was under pressure a lot. Didn't have a lot of time to to make plays and also Florida's kind of in a similar boat as Miami. Like, I don't really know what their playmakers are through the air. I know they have Pearsall, but I don't know what else right. they have. So it's tough to to judge Graham Mertz. His job is to do more with less. That's that's it. That's all I can think about. And I, I wasn't I was neither high neither low on Graham Mertz. Are we signed up for a circus survivor yet? I'm gonna do it after the show. Oh, I gotta Venmo you. That's cool. I'll take care of that. Okay. And I'm going to, by the way, so it's, it's a thousand dollars. We divide it by three, but that means that one of us has to put in a little bit more. I'm going to put in like a dollar more. That way, when we win it, I get that much more percentage more back. Yes. It's a very valid point. Andy Staples, of course, Sports Illustrated, the athletic Sirius XM on three joins us next. Then a special surprise on a Friday. We're going to have Scott Spritzer sitting next to the big guy there at Circus Sports as we continue. Again, college football is back. Sharp money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the NFL season right around the corner, nonstop football action is in sight. You can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app before kickoff. Use code SHARP to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHARP. 
The crown is yours. Welcome back, Sharp Money. I'm Dustin Sweetelson, hanging out, out of breath currently at the moment because I had to use the restroom and we ran out of rubber bands, so I had to sprint back. Uh, just in time, though, to talk with uh, one of my favorite people on planet Earth to talk college football with and talk food with, but the fact that I'm breathing heavy means I should probably shouldn't be talking to him about food. That is Andy Staples. You can find him now on three. And I didn't realize on three was on three till I said it out loud reading. I'm like, why'd they name this company on three? Then I said it out loud. I'm getting it now. It's like a quarterback ready, set, go on three. Anyway, Andy, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, For those that don't know, Andy spent a lot of time playing for the Gators, covering the Gators and still lives down in Gainesville. Can you explain to me what the heck we saw last night? <laughs> you saw a very sloppy team. You saw, well, it, okay, I'll silver lining it first. After the first play, the defense was fine. But the offense was methodical, low would be another word for it, uh, did not establish the run at all, uh, did not appear to have dynamic receivers who could get open. Uh, and then, just some of the stuff that they, they procedural mistakes that, that really speaks to sloppy coaching more than anything else. Like having two number threes on the field on the punt return team, and you have to give the ball back to Utah at a critical juncture in the second quarter or not being able to get lined up properly on a third and one that you would have converted had one, you know, one receiver moved here and one receiver moved there. It didn't fundamentally change the play, but it's an illegal formation. And, so you, you end up getting no points out of that drive instead of probably scoring on that drive. So it's stuff like that that kept them from being competitive, and they should have been competitive in that game. And, you know, look, Utah's missing Cam Rising, but Utah's still a very good team. This is the team that just won the Pac-12 two times in a row. They, they fancy themselves Pac-12 contenders again. They're pretty good. But Florida should have been a lot closer than it was, and it was, it was just sloppy. And, you know, we get told by the administration there and by the, the people around Billy Napier that he's one of the most detail-oriented people that you will ever meet. And they didn't look very detail-oriented last night. <laughs> that's, that's very troubling. No, no. I mean, look, blown coverage, first play from scrimmage, red zone false start, a lot of false starts, but a red zone one that t- put them into field yeah. goal range, but I think they missed the field goal even. You mentioned that. Well, no, this, that, that was the illegal procedure. So they, they went – there was another red zone false start that caused them, I think, to kick a field goal when they would have been able to maybe score a touchdown. Then there was an illegal procedure on a third and one that they, because they actually ran the play and they converted it. And they're like, no, you know, because they had a bunch formation on the left side and the wrong guy was on the line of scrimmage and the wrong guy was off. Yeah. And, and they ended up, and they ended up missing that field goal. And it was just, it, or no, they got stuffed on fourth down. Yeah. One thing after another. False start out of a commercial, like so. Nate, you you mentioned that like they're all backing him, saying that he's detail oriented and all that. But like, aren't there just some guys in college football who can do more with less, and when they have more, they don't know what to do anymore? Is is he one of those guys? I don't know. It's it, you know because the the refrain is give him time, give him time. He's got to wait till he gets his recruits in. Sonny Dykes wasn't asking anybody for time <laughs> when he was taking TCU the national title game in his first year. Like, I, I'm not sure that's necessarily it. But what Florida has to worry about now is they got to clean this stuff up because they cannot keep playing like that because they will. I mean, they'll lose the majority of the games on their schedule if they play the way they did last night. And 
if that happens, they have this big recruiting class that, that's lined up for 2024. Listen, the Georgia's the world, the Alabama's, the Tennessee's, the, the Florida State, they're all going to come try to pick those guys off because they're going to be like, yeah. you sure? You sure you want to do that? So they, they got to get it cleaned up. I mean, they don't have to be great this season, but they do have to be respectable. And they do have to be – they have to look like the trajectory is headed in, in the upward direction by the end of the season. So I'm not going to go crazy over the first game, but that is not a promising start. No, no, no. Dustin Sweetelson here, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money. Andy Staples, our guest. You can follow his show on YouTube, On3. Follow On3 on YouTube, host of Andy Staples, On3, and one of the best college football writers out there. Real quick on last night with one more question, then we'll move on to, to the weekend. Nebraska, so new coach, but everything still say, stays the same for the Cornhuskers? That's what it looked like last night, right, Andy? It felt that way, but... I tell you what, they look fantastic on defense. Yeah. That was a tremendous defensive performance. They held Minnesota to 2.2 yards to carry, and Minnesota is one of those grinded out of the ground kind of teams. Uh, but a five to one turnover ratio will kill you every single time. And it, you know, I don't the back fumbling there at the end there. I I I don't kill him for that because stuff like that happens. But the interception that Justin threw right before the half, mm. where they were going in. He throws, a, he throws a ball into the end zone that does not need to be thrown. He should have just thrown it away, get your three points out of that drive, and you still win the game. Uh, and then, of course, the, the one over the middle as they're trying to, to bleed clock. When your defense is playing that way, you can punt and play defense. You don't need to take unnecessary risks. Yeah, yeah. All right, couple games this weekend I want to get your thoughts on. Andy Staples here on Sharp Money. Uh, LSU, Florida State, neutral site. You got the Tigers laying two in Orlando. What are your vibes on how, how that one plays out between two teams with really high aspirations this year? I believe the total on that's 58. And 56 and a half I'm, right now. Oh, 56 and a half. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm even, even more confident because so the best thing about Florida State is their receivers. The worst thing about LSU is the secondary. So I, I'm thinking Florida State's going to be able to, to move the ball through the air, which will force LSU to try to keep pace, which will lead me to believe this game is going to get played at a pretty high number. Yeah. I, LSU can keep up with them. I just don't know. You know, it, it, I'm not sure they can cover them, but I do think it's possible for them to, to keep up with them and for this to be a very competitive game just at, at a high score. All right, another SEC versus ACC matchup on a neutral site, Andy. You've got the Tar Heels. you got to lay two and a half right now in North Carolina, taking on South Carolina. Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, offensive line issues a year ago, but Beamer's proven to be a really good coach. And on the other side for North Carolina, that defense is awful. Luckily for them, they have an offense who can score with anyone. What are your vibes on the Battle of the Carolinas? Uh, that defense needs to show us that they're going to be better. Because, like, right now, I would think if, if the, the South Carolina offense from the end of last season shows up, this game, like, South Carolina is going to win this thing pretty comfortably. But if North Carolina is a little bit better on defense and the, and the change in offense coordinators does sidetrack South Carolina a little bit, then, then we're talking about a very close game. But it, it felt like it all kind of clicked into place for Spencer Rattler there at the end. And I, I know they lost a few guys to the transfer portal, Marshawn Lloyd's at USC now, and, and Jaheim Bell's at Florida State now. But I, I think they got enough to, to move the ball against North Carolina. And this is 
you know, this is a better offense than the ones that were slicing and dicing North Carolina for most of last season. So I, I do think South Carolina is going to win this one. All right, Andy, about 90 seconds. I want to throw this at you. The betting market tells us that Caleb Williams is likely to be a back-to-back Heisman winner. We all know the history about that with Archie Griffin and that Georgia is a big favorite to be a three-peat. First time it would happen since the 1930s in Minnesota. Which one of those two scenarios do you view as more likely? The Georgia one, because it's less subjective. They just have to go out and beat everybody, and, and they can do that. I think Caleb Williams is going to have a fabulous season as long as he stays healthy. I, I think he's going to be great, and there's still a chance that he might win the Heisman because we, we hold that returning Heisman guy to such a high standard, and we also hold the presumptive number one pick in the NFL draft to an absurdly high standard, and he's both of those things. So that's the thing. I don't have to worry about who's going to vote Georgia where. Like They are going to just beat the crap out of everybody. Caleb Williams, I don't know if it's going to matter. But I will say that defense against San Jose State showed a lot of the same kind of warning signs that we saw from the defense last year, and the schedule's tougher this year. So Caleb Williams is going to have to put up some numbers for them to be in the mix for the playoffs at the end of this season. And so if they are, maybe he does it. I mean, he feels more like the guy who can do it than anybody else that, that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, he, back from a he feels like the guy everyone is very comfortable with already writing him in, in in permanent ink to be the number one pick next year. He's Andy Staples. You can find him on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Andy Staples on three is the name of the show on three dot com for all of his articles. He is the very best when it comes to college football. Thank you for doing that today, sir. Love you, Dustin. <laughs> Love you, too, buddy. Coming up next, we have got professional handicapper Scott Spritzer looking ahead to college football week one. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.